All right, welcome everyone to the Ben and Corey podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, joined as always by Benjamin Carlson. Hello. So it's just the two of us again this week, and I uh, should have a, a fun, exciting episode as we wind down October, a very busy sports month. So with that, let's get started. We are now seven weeks into the NFL season, and we're starting to separate the true playoff contenders from the teams already looking ahead to next year. We'll talk about the Steelers getting back on track, break down the top teams in the league, try to figure out what to make of the AFC South and the NFC East, and discuss some of the trades we'd like to see happen before next week's trade deadline. The 2018-19 NBA season is underway and there are plenty of storylines that should make for another exciting year. The Warriors enter the season as two-time defending champions and the favorite to win their fourth NBA championship in five years, but several other teams look to be talented enough to challenge them. We'll talk about the Celtics with a healthy Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, the Raptors and their newly acquired superstar Kawhi Leonard, and the new-look Lakers as LeBron James begins his first season out in L.A., before making our predictions for the playoffs. Two of baseball's most historic franchises are ready to clash in the 2018 World Series as the Boston Red Sox take on the Los Angeles Dodgers. We'll talk about both teams' quests to the Fall Classic and make our predictions on who will be crowned world champions. And in honor of Halloween, Ben and I count down our favorite Halloween costumes that we have worn in the past in today's Top 5. started today by talking some football. We are in the middle of week seven, uh, so we're recording this before the uh, Atlanta Falcons in their, uh, you know, the 2016 NFC champions, their uh, epic defense led by uh, a bunch of guys on IR take on the New York Giants and uh, two-time Super Bowl champion Eli Manning, who has been wondrous this season with Star receiver Odell Beckham Jr. and rookie uh, running back Saquon Barkley. Absolutely no drama. Things going great for uh, both of those teams. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really killing us that we're not watching this game live and we're sitting here recording a podcast. But, you know, we got to do what we need to do for our fans. Yeah, well, I actually, <laughs> I, I actually am a little bit sad to be missing Evan Ingram's return to the field because he's an exciting tight end prospect. And as far as fantasy goes this year, not a lot of startable tight ends. And uh, good to have him back uh, on the field, hoping for a big Monday night from him. Uh, but what I want to talk about is neither of those two teams. I want to talk about the Steelers, your Steelers, Corey, uh, who are just completing their bye week. And they're going, and we're looking forward to another uh, their return to the field, uh, but not Le'Veon Bell's, at least not yet. No, uh, Le'Veon Bell was thought that he would be coming back for the bye week, and uh, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. 
but I don't think it matters right now because, you know, last time three weeks ago when you recorded, the Steelers were 1-2-1, and one, fresh off a bad loss at home to the Baltimore Ravens. They The defense was struggling. The offense looked like it was really missing Le'Veon. But two weeks before the bye, Atlanta Falcons, Cincinnati Bengals, James Conner, back-to-back uh, games with over 100 total yards and multiple touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger is starting to you know, play like Big Ben, and Antonio Brown has been putting up the numbers that he wasn't putting up at the beginning of the season. The defense is back on track. Falcons and Bengals held him to 19 points on average. And, you know, I, I was calling for Mike Tomlin's head three weeks ago, and I'm feeling good about the Steelers as they, they take on the now 2-4-1 Cleveland Browns this week. Right. I, I think I will be closer to saying the Steelers are back on track when they can get back to beating the Browns. Can they win this time? (laughs) This time, I think they're facing a slightly better Browns team with Baker Mayfield at the helm. That being said, I believe that they can win. I think that'll be a true indication. I think righting some of the wrongs of the early season could truly uh, be an indicator of where the Steelers are at because not only do they get the rematch the Browns, but they also get a rematch against those Ravens. Now, the Ravens have a really good defense. They've been destroying people all over the league with that defense but the Steelers have a really good offense I'm actually not surprised that Le'Veon Bell isn't coming back at least not yet because Connor uh, James Connor has been playing more or less as good as Le'Veon Bell they're they they're not afraid to feed him a similar volume and he gets production so I uh whether or not they have him I think that they're still running uh pretty much at like a hundred percent. Yeah, I I think uh, at least when when Connor has been at his best, I know he's had a few games where he struggled. Uh, I think you know, against the Bucks, he had thirty nine total yards, and most of them came in the fourth quarter. Only nineteen against the Ravens, but you know he's he's put up some solid numbers outside of those two games. I think that uh, to me, you they have to beat the Ravens for me to like really say yes. This Steelers team is gonna win the AFC North and compete for a championship again. But uh, I do think that they they're they're starting to put things together at the right time. And Bell, he doesn't want to be traded. He wants to play for the Steelers this season. So it looks like he's gonna report sometime around 4:01 p.m. on the day of the trade deadline. Uh, you know, right, right when it's too late for the Steelers to make a last-second deal for him, and I think you know, once you bring back Bell, if you can form a one-two uh, running back punch with him and James Conner, you get uh, more volume for Antonio Brown because teams have to focus on Bell a little more like they used to. Uh, I do think that this Steelers offense is right at the cusp of being uh, back to their you know arguably best team in the league self. Ben Roethlisberger's on pace to come very close to Peyton Manning's single-season passing yards record. Uh, and if the defense can play like they did the past two weeks, then I definitely feel pretty confident about their chances of uh, getting to the Super Bowl for the first time since 2010. I'm really excited about seeing another matchup between Big Ben and Tom Brady later on. Yep, that, that, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that uh, my... My feelings about the Steelers are just as high then uh, when that, that game rolls around in the middle of December. Yeah, because the Patriots are looking good right now. Yep, and uh, moving on, let's let's talk about another team that is looking really good right now while also uh, a couple of their rivals are faltering. That's the Houston Texans, who they were 0-3. 
I was ready to write them off. I know you didn't give up on their playoff hopes uh, after you predicted them to only lose two games all season and they lost their first three. But Texans are four and three now. Jaguars and Titans have both lost three in a row. Is is Houston the clear favorite to win the AFC South at this point? I think they're the most complete team in the AFC South for sure. They've got they've got a quarterback first off. Uh, the Jaguars thought they had one, but that turned out not to be yeah. true. And uh, as long as Deshaun Watson can stay healthy, I think that this this team has a really good chance to win the division. That the defense still you've got a healthy JJ Watt, you've got a healthy Jadavian Clowney. There's no reason why that defense can't be good week in and week out. And then as long as Deshaun Watson throws more touchdowns than interceptions, yes. <laughs> he can uh, he can take that uh, division on. I, I mean, for uh. me. The last four weeks of Houston have been exactly what I expected. This is what I thought I'd see all year. I expected them to be one of the teams, you know, with maybe one of the last to be defeated or something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we predicted them to um, make it to the AFC Championship game this year. Yeah, so uh, definitely a surprising start for them, but now I'm I'm seeing more of what I expected. Uh, now, I'm still hopeful for the Jaguars um I don't really know about the quarterback situation but I think that defense can get back to their dominant ways I think uh once you play well, I don't know once you've been a certain way for a long time people start to figure you out in the NFL and uh nothing is forever so I think that the, if they can figure out how to adjust they still have the talent on the defensive side of the ball to be a dominant defense so I expect them to get back to their ways uh, at some point during this season. It's really hard to write off the, the Jaguars just because of how talented their defense can be. But you know, Jalen Ramsey was talking a lot in the offseason. So much. He hasn't really been uh, replicating that on the field. Their, you know, their offense has had their own uh, problems with Leonard Fournette missing most of the season with injury. Other guys getting hurt. Marquise Lee has missed the whole year. Corey Grant, uh, their the backup running back got hurt tj yeldon dealing with some injuries they just traded for carlos hyde hoping that he can uh you know stay healthy and uh be a consistent back in their their offense but blake bortles is just you know it it, it seeing him play week in and week out have have his occasional game where he is great uh you know putting up numbers uh, the vintage fantasy blake bortles who would get <laughs> <laughs> three touchdown passes in the second half as the Jaguars lose 41 to 27 or something like that. Um, but it, it's just, it's kind of, kind of depressing that the, the one great game he put up in his career was against the Steelers in the playoffs last year. Uh, and going into the season, I thought the Jags were about a nine and seven team. I, I think that there was reason to believe that they were better than their 11 and five record last year. I think part of it was just, uh, you know, I thought coming out of the gates, they had a, a tough stretch. And uh, I I don't know what to make of Jacksonville right now. I really think that they, they need to be uh, considering making some changes at the, the quarterback position. And I don't think Cody Kessler is the answer. I See, I don't know. I, yeah. There's not a lot of answers at quarterback in the NFL. It's very rare that you put a, a backup in and suddenly you're winning. Um, I think we all know what an enigma it was in uh, Minnesota last year mm-hmm. to have a backup take you so far. Uh, so it's not, I don't really expect the answer to be anybody but Blake Bortles. I think that there's a chance maybe if he can get his job back, he can get back to the, uh, you know, steering the ship role that he's had. But if they can't, if they can't figure that out, I don't 
think it matters how good their defense plays. They're not yeah. going to be postseason hopefuls. Uh, moving on to the Titans, I am so frustrated with how the Titans have run their offense this <laughs> season because with the departure of DeMarco Murray, I saw visions of Derrick Henry smashing grass this season, just smashing grass. And they have been so hesitant to let that man play. He's gotten double-digit carries in most games this season, but just barely over 10. Like, he's uh, he's losing so much to Deion Lewis, who, don't get me wrong, is a good running back. But I think by not committing to one or the other, they they lessen their chances of either one of them being as prolific as they can be. Uh, personally, I think Derrick Henry has not reached his peak yet in the NFL. I think that he can still be better. Um, if you look at the statistics of Derrick Henry running outside the tackles, I know that everybody assumes Derrick Henry, because he's so big, should just be a uh, wrecking ball through the middle. But he has absolute burner speed on the outside. Some of his best highlights are just him getting to the edge and linebackers not being able to keep up with him. So I'm frustrated with the way that offense has been run this year. Marcus Mariota not living up to my expectations either in a lot of uh, senses. So um, I don't know. I'm still hopeful that they can get things turned around. Derrick Henry finally got into the end zone this weekend. Uh, <laughs> yep. But as far as where I see them in the in the South, I don't think they really compete with the, the Texans year long. No. No, Henry's certainly been a disappointment. Um, I think that Mariota has regressed every season, and I, I'm not a believer in him personally. I, I didn't think the Titans would be very good this year after making the playoffs last year, and uh, they do have a, a pretty difficult stretch coming up in the next four games, having to take on the, the Cowboys, Patriots, Colts, and the Texans. Uh, so if they can't, you know, figure things out right away, uh, I do think that they could be totally out of it uh, very soon. While on the flip side, when I look at the Texans' schedule, I think that the Texans have a chance to run away with this division. Now, last season we saw the New Orleans Saints start 0-2, and then next thing I know I think they were 8-2 and before finishing 12-4 and and winning the NFC South. I think the Texans could have a very similar uh, type of season after starting 0-3. So they've won four in a row. Uh, I, You know, the, the Colts, they definitely got bailed out by Frank Reich not wanting to play for a tie and basically handing the Texans the win. <laughs> um, and then the the week after that, the Cowboys, uh, that's a very similar case, except instead, uh, you know, Jason Garrett decided to play for the tie instead of playing for the win, and Houston was able to win in overtime. And Buffalo, it took a an injury to Josh Allen and the blessing that is Nathan Peterman playing quarterback against you for them to, to eke out a victory over one of the worst teams in the league. But this week, they beat Jacksonville pretty good, and I'm starting to feel pretty confident in the Texans. And coming up, Dolphins, Broncos, Redskins, Titans, Browns, Colts, Jets, Eagles, Jaguars to end the season. All three of their divisional games remaining are at home. Denver and Washington coming up, uh, both on the road. That could be uh, tough. It's always hard going into mile high, and the Redskins have looked pretty decent this season. We'll get to them in a little bit. At Philly, Week 16, I think either the Eagles would be a disaster and totally done by then, or you know they'll be back to at least a, a playoff team. Uh, but the, the Texans, I do think, have a good chance to, to really finish the season strong and be a threat heading into the playoffs. And I think it's just a matter of can Bortles turn the Jaguars around? Can the defense play a little better? Because otherwise, uh, to me, it's Houston is in first place now, and they're not going to lose it. 
I agree. I'm I'm putting all my uh, all my bets on Houston. I think as long as Deshaun Watson's healthy, then they're they're good to go. Do you still like him as the MVP? Uh, nah, I don't know. I don't know. We got a lot of yeah. season left. Yeah, I being think M- MVP is about being quality all season long. And yeah. um, I I don't know. He's been he hasn't he's not my MVP right now. Yeah, no, definitely not right now. I think um, we were a little premature with how quickly he could come back from his torn ACL. But you know, he's he's leading to wins right now. And uh, I think if he's able to keep this up, maybe we could see him in the discussion. But I, I definitely think he's a lot of catching up to do among some of his peers who have not struggled uh, to this point in the season nearly as much as the Texans have. Do you think it's do you think it's his ACL that's holding him back? Uh, you know, I I think that it's always something to, to factor. I don't know if it's necessarily the thing that's holding him back, whether it's still recovering from the injury um, or if it's just the fact that he, he had been away from the field for so long. But... Uh, I do think next season is when we're going to really see a jump from him. I think if they can just put a little bit more beef on that O-line, then Deshaun Watson will start destroying people again. But yeah. uh, what I've, at least from the games I've seen, seems like he's always being chased around back there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. Um, offensive line certainly helps. Uh, but with that, let's move on to the NFC East. And yesterday we saw the Redskins survive the Cowboys 20-17 to as uh, Brett Maher had a field goal attempt as time expired, clank off the goalpost. And with that, the Redskins are 4-2, and and the Eagles and the Cowboys 3-4 and are a game and a half behind them, and the lowly Giants 1-5 and at the time of recording, potentially 1-6 in, in a few hours. Uh, three weeks ago, we said the Redskins are pretenders, but I don't know about you. I'm starting to think that Washington maybe actually has a chance to to be good this year and win this division. So I follow DJ Swearinger on Instagram, and I feel like every week he's posting some new highlights on his Instagram. He, he, this man is very confident in himself. If you know anything about DJ Swearinger, you know that he is an absolute animal. Uh, and it, it kind of surprises me. Sometimes I feel like Josh Norman has does not live up to the hype that followed him a few years ago. Uh, but he's still very much on this defense. And uh, they they call themselves... Oh, what do they call themselves? Uh, it's They don't call themselves the TSA, but they call themselves something like that. <laughs> where they, like, they, they basically like control the skies. And uh, they take a lot of pride in that defense. I just... I don't know. They baffle me. Because Adrian Peterson still runs like a man on fire right now, and he's old. Like I, I'm not sure how. I don't know. I, this this team conf- t- continues to defy logic to get these wins. I think Alex Smith is a, a big part of that. He's a guy who you know what you're going to get with him. Uh, he's he hasn't really had like a terrible year since he he had his career revitalized by Jim Harbaugh in the Niners back in 2011. And even though that the San Francisco gave up on him for Colin Kaepernick, Kansas City gave up on him this past season for Patrick Mahomes, he's still showing that he's a competent quarterback, a great game manager. And, you know, while the Redskins have been a little inconsistent at times, losing to the Colts, getting blown out by the Saints on Monday Night Football, they they have some impressive wins uh, over Green Bay, beating Carolina last week, and uh, most notably the, the Cowboys in always one of those tough NFC East divisional showdowns. And 
you know, I want to say that the the Eagles are still, you know, the defending champs. You you can't sleep on them, but they haven't looked very impressive all season. Uh, we finally thought that they were after they beat the Giants, and then they went out and blew a 17-0 lead to the Panthers. And the Cowboys, uh, they just can't win on the road. They, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to see them put 40 points again uh, up on any team with uh, Dak Prescott struggling to get to 200 yards every week. And I, I, I'm like really kind of starting to buy into the Redskins, and I did not think that I would do that at any point this season. I don't know. I still trust Doug Peterson to write the ship. I, I think that just by what we saw, it, it's tough because it, it's not about one game. It's about a whole season. But what we saw from Doug Peterson in the postseason last year, I just feel like the man is an absolute genius. Like people were saying he's like the next Bill Belichick. And, um, and whether or not, I mean, that's obviously high praise, but I just have... I just don't see them letting the Redskins take them uh, like that. I do think that the Redskins are the next best contender. Some like Dallas has been so hit and miss. There's some games where it's just absolutely pathetic. Some performances from Ezekiel Elliott that I thought we would never see. So yeah, like this week he had what 31 yards rushing. That's just that is um, ridiculous. I mean, how many attempts did he have? He he was it was more like he had a decent amount of carries, but just no production. Uh, which, but now they do have Amari Cooper, which does change things a little bit. Uh, so I don't know that that's such an, I like that trade a lot because for a a lot of reasons, well, first off, John Gruden now has three picks in the first round of uh, the 2019 draft. So he has the, he basically has the power to do anything he wants. And then the Cowboys now have their number one wide receiver. And this time, he's not trading away a prolific player who's playing prolifically. Amari Cooper has been kind of disappointing lately. So I think that the Cowboys are taking a risk that he'll get back on it. And the Raiders are getting rid of somebody who they haven't been able to get consistent production out of. So I think yeah, the, it, that, that will help them. But I don't think that it makes them uh, – I, I still think that they're number three. Yeah, I, I want to get into the, the Cooper trade later. Um, but one thing, so for me, the Eagles-Jaguars game in London this week, this is a game where both teams really need to win because if they're 3-5 and five heading into their bye, uh, having struggled going into that point, it could be really tough for them to, to recover, especially because the Eagles still have to go to New Orleans and to L.A. to take on the Rams. Who's, so, that, uh, who's that a home game for in London? It's a home game for the Jaguars. The Jaguars agree to play at home every year. That is unfortunate. See, honestly, I don't know if there's any stats to back this up, but I always feel like the London games are kind of a toss-up where it's like everything is weird. They're in a different time zone. They're in a different country. It's, you know, so sometimes you have to throw logic out the window. But if I had to pick a winner right now, unless the Jaguars can get their, you know, their quarterback situation figured out, I think the Eagles have to win that game. So yeah, I if, would I would also go with the Eagles in that one. Yeah, so if they don't, if the Eagles don't win that one, yeah, something's seriously wrong. But as it stands, I think that the Eagles will be returning to the country, coming back stateside with a new W. Yeah. Well, one thing we can say, Blake Bortles is three and zero in his career in London. So really, we'll, oh yeah, my we'll God. see if he can. Uh, of course, that. that's a Blake Bortles <laughs> stat. He has all these freaking stats. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's uh, that's another another great one to add to the list. 
Um, so let's moving on. Uh, we've talked about some teams who have had their struggles this season. Uh, let's talk about some of the good teams. Now, to me, if I had to say the top five teams in the league, uh, I don't think anyone's going to argue Rams, Patriots, Chiefs are right in the top three in whatever order you want to put. Rams are 7-0. and Todd Gurley has outscored the Buffalo Bills this season by himself. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure what to make of Gurley after signing that big money contract, but he is very much worth every penny that they spent on him. And uh, that the Rams were loaded coming into the season. Still a little hesitant on what they'll do when uh, come playoff time, but it, it is hard to pick against them right now. Patriots started one and two. Now they're five and two. Josh Gordon has uh, been a great addition for them. Their offensive line has been relatively competent this season uh, compared to what some people had kind of expected heading in, and their their defense, you know, has has been good enough that Tom Brady just continues to uh, outscore teams like he did this past week, knocking off the Bears thirty-eight to thirty-one. And, of course, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, just continues to blow everyone's mind, even though they lost to the Patriots in Gillette Stadium, 43-40. to uh, Week 6 came out uh, back in the, the friendly home of uh, Arrowhead Stadium and wiped the floor with the Bengals, 45-10. So, from there, my 4-5, and five, I think the New Orleans Saints, who, since uh, losing to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Bucks Week 1, haven't lost... And the Minnesota Vikings, who since starting 1-2-1 and one, have looked really good the past three weeks, are the, the rounding out the top five. Do you agree with that? I agree uh, exactly with that. You, you, when we were writing our notes for this episode, I, you, you left the fifth spot blank. Mm-hmm. And without even questioning, I put the Vikings in that blank. Yeah, uh, I originally had the Vikings. And then I, I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to leave that blank and see what, what Ben's thoughts are on that. But... Yeah, to me, I mean, the, the Vikings definitely started out slow, but, uh, you know, knocking off the Eagles and uh, this, this past week, a, a game at the Meadowlands against the Jets team that had been looking pretty decent the past couple weeks. Uh, they, they came out and dominated Sam Darnold. Uh, not a great performance for him. And to me, my, my uh, preseason Super Bowl champion uh, has definitely been uh, playing like I expected them to. Uh, before the season started so uh, yeah I think the Vikings defense definitely victimizes young quarterbacks so uh, that was definitely the expectation going into the Meadowlands uh, there that that defense has been solid for years I <laughs> I disagree with them starting slow they uh, wrecked the Niners week one and then, <laughs> and then they started going slow for a okay. little bit sure. but um, which I was I was actually super depressed about the Jimmy thing until I remembered that I actually went to a game that he played at. So <laughs> if he only played in three games this year, so I was actually happy that maybe I got to witness it. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree with the Rams. I think they're the best team in football right now, uh, just because I think they have a better defense than the Chiefs, uh, and and they can they can, I think they could potentially keep up with the Chiefs' offense. The Chiefs mm-hmm. have the best offense, but I think the Rams are close. Uh, obviously, they have the best running back in football. They have the I want to say the best defensive player in football. I know that people are like, whoa, but Khalil Mack doesn't play <laughs> for the Rams defense, which I agree with. But Aaron Donald is an absolute madman. He got, I, I think the final tally was four sacks yesterday against the 49ers. And the 49ers don't have a starting quarterback right now, but 
they do have a decent O-line. All right, this is a, the bet one of the better O-lines the Niners have had in years and Aaron Donald just threw them around. It was he's a menace and and he's been doing that to a lot of teams. So, uh they have him on defense not to mention Adamakin Sue, former highest paid defensive player of all time. Uh and also one probably the best offensive play caller in football and uh Wade Phillips calling the defensive plays. So, they've got their coaching in order. They've got a ton of talent uh i they they obviously deserve to be undefeated at this point uh, the patriots same old story for me they got tom mf brady and bill mf belichick like th- they've still got those guys they're still gonna wreck people so i'm i'm that's simple uh the chiefs they have the best uh, uh rookie quarterback of all times a la ben simmons and uh even though he mahomes did see the field in week 17 last year right uh, yes. So he technically did yeah. play in his rookie year, but he's still, you know, this is his first year being the starter and he's killing it. Uh, I believe he had, he, I don't want to say a statistic. That I don't know for sure, but he's got 22 touchdowns. 22 right now, touchdowns. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and then he's surrounded by all these weapons. Their defense is not that great, but they're good enough to protect the gigantic lead that he gives them. Um, the saints, Drew Brees has yet to throw an interception. Drew Brees he's been breaking records all season. He's doesn't look like he's going to be uh, retiring with those records anytime soon. Yeah. And, and I believe in Marshawn Lattimore and uh, Cameron Jordan as playmakers on their defense. Their defense has been underwhelming. I thought that they were going to be able to be like closer to what they were last year, but they have playmakers and also the return of Mark Ingram. I think a lot of people were thinking Alvin Kamara is going to absolutely run away with this job, but I think the Saints like Mark Ingram. And with that one-two punch, Drew Brees can just go back to steering the ship like he did last year. He just protects the ball, makes plays, throws it to Michael Thomas a hundred times a game, and uh, and they and they'll win. So I, I really like the Saints too. Um, and then yeah, the Vikings. Kirk Cousins has been playing some amazing football. Did you know that Adam Thielen? <laughs> alone has more y- uh, yards receiving than all 49ers wide receivers combined. <laughs> wow. It's, He's it's, been unbelievable this season. He has. And, and uh, you know, like the Niners have been unbelievably bla- bad and Adam Thielen has been unbelievably good, but still a depressing stat line for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but having him, uh, having Diggs, having Kyle Rudolph, a legit tight end threat. Uh, I honestly don't know what to make of Dalvin Cook if he will ever actually return full strength. He's been so uh, finicky all season. I have to believe that he'll see the field and be the old Dalvin Cook at some point. Uh, but until then, they have Latavius Murray, and there's worse backup running backs to have than Latavius Murray. So um, overall, I think, yeah, the, the, the Vikings definitely on that top five. Yeah, I think those are all, all great points. And uh, to me, I think that the, these these teams, uh, well, there, there are probably a few others that you could maybe uh, dis- debate over who's six, seven, eight. Uh, they're they're the the clear number five or top five to me, and uh, I think there's a really good chance that our our Super Bowl teams are going to come out of this group. Agreed. So, uh, and bef- now before we wrap up our NFL talk, we have the trade deadline coming up next Tuesday, October thirtieth. So we're going to talk about some trades that we want to see happen. Uh, and then I one of the trades that I had was actually Amari Cooper to the Cowboys. No. Uh, yes, I you think that. Liar. No, Amari Cooper to the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> I think that is a the Cowboys needed a receiver, and I think Amari Cooper was a great addition for them. 
little questionable about giving up a first round pick for him. I think they um, overpaid for sure. Yes, I think you know, 2016 he's probably worth the first round pick, but with the season that he's been having and uh, the, the there's definitely some uncertainty with the Cowboys offense. Uh, I don't know if he is going to be the the difference maker to uh, you know really ignite that team and uh, help him win the NFC East. But do you, know, I, do you know if he's gotten paid yet, Amari Cooper? Is he still on his rookie contract or is he? He is signed through next season. Okay, so but but is it expensive? Oh, his rookie contract. Okay, good. Fourteen well, million dollars that... or something like that. Yeah, for next year, I believe. Because they picked uh, that, up okay. his fifth year option, so that's that means actually it's guaranteed a of injury. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think from that perspective, it's uh, you know, but I think in terms of just getting him out of Oakland and into Dallas, I think that's a good situation for Cooper. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but Ben, do you want to start off with two trades? Uh, one that you'd like to see the 49ers make and then another one involving other teams. Yes. So I, I would love to see this trade, but it's almost definitely not going to happen because it's within a division, but Patrick Peterson has requested a trade and I would love to have Patrick Peterson on the Niners. To have Richard Sherman and Patrick Peterson playing the left and right corners in our defense would be phenomenal. Uh, All the years that I've spent watching those two guys make our quarterbacks look silly, uh, I would love to finally have those guys on our side. It's more of a pipe dream. You know, it's like Patrick Peterson's been so good his whole career. Uh, he's absolute legend. I would love, you know, to see him in the the red and gold would be great. I know that can't happen, but uh, with him literally begging for a trade, I can't help but fantasize. Yeah, I'm gonna stop you right there. My uh, the trade I want the Steelers to make is Patrick Peterson. Um, That'd be great. Yeah, he. I think that that's a little more realistic. Uh, I don't know in terms of the the cap space what kind of deals the the Steelers would have to make right now obviously the Cardinals are not about to trade for Le'Veon Bell they're already hesitant when it comes to paying David Johnson and Bell is not gonna agree to that um but apparently Peterson's uh preferred choice is to go back home and be with the New Orleans Saints I heard the Steelers only had about a 2.8 percent chance of uh trading for him I don't know who came up with that number uh, but I, I agree with you. I think it would be a, a great, great seeing Peterson play for your team, uh, Dude, no, especially I, a team I, that has their struggles in the secondary. Well, it would, yeah. We, I mean, we're horrible in the secondary. Richard Sherman's been on in and out with injuries. I, I want to change it though, dude. I want him to go to New Orleans. That would be awesome. <laughs> him yeah. across from uh, Lattimore. Nobody's passing on the Saints. That I mean, that would be that would be pretty cool. So I like that one. But my other one that doesn't involve the Niners. And it's looking pretty unlikely at this point, too, unfortunately. Uh, I kind of saw – I was kind of predicting this a little earlier, but uh, the Jets to trade for Le'Veon. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the Jets' exact cap space situation is, but I know they've got money. So they mm-hmm. could afford to pay Le'Veon the big bucks while they've still got their franchise quarterback on the cheap rookie deal uh, and give him a lot of support through the run game if Le'Veon can recreate his – you know, prolific production in a different system. Uh, so that was what I was hoping to see. Uh, I think what we've talked about is a little more likely that he'll just stay with the Steelers this year. But I think it would be cool to see Sam Darnold play with an elite running back. Yeah, I do think that the the Jets are going to be uh, very much in the consideration for Le'Veon Bell in, in the off season. But at this point, I I don't see it. 
a Le'Veon Bell trade happening. Just too many factors at play, uh, too much from from both the Steelers not wanting to just give him away and Bell himself not wanting to be traded. But I, I do think that uh, the Jets could be a very interesting uh, situation for Bell um, and something that we might be talking about uh, a few months from now in the offseason. So my trade involving uh, another team. So kind of hinted at this earlier. The Jaguars, they uh, they paid Blake Bortles a lot of money this offseason, and I he's just not not working out this season. You know, Cody Kessler is not a great backup quarterback. So there's a guy who I think uh, <laughs> I would love to see in Jacksonville. And that's a guy who we're going to reunite with Tom Coughlin, two-time Super Bowl champions together. And that oh is Eli Manning. Eli and the Giants are about to have a messy breakup. And that's unfortunate for uh, you know potential Hall of Famer, a guy who's done a lot for that franchise. I think you send him to the Jaguars. No guarantee that he's necessarily going to come in and start over Bortles right away. But I just love the idea of Eli Manning taking on the Patriots in the playoffs one last time, handing them one last uh, you know, <laughs> heartbreaking postseason loss before going into Heinz Field, throwing three interceptions, and riding off into the sunset as the Steelers advance to the Super Bowl. Oh, my now, God. That is, that's my dream scenario. Now, Nick Foles could also <laughs> kind of fill in the, uh, the yeah. being the Patriots in the playoffs one last time. Might be a little more realistic in terms of the, the Jags actually being interested in Foles versus Eli. Yes. But I'm going to stick to Eli to the Jags as my trade that I want to see happen. As far as messy breakups with the Giants, Tom Coughlin definitely can relate. So yeah. you could see it happen. Yep. So <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens with trades. Uh, and La- it's going to be hard to top. Going forward. It's going to yeah. be hard to top last year. The The trade deadline last year was yeah. phenomenal. Yep. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yep. We'll see if we have another, another AJ McCarron to the Brown situation. <laughs> that was the so, big one last yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's move on and talk NBA. So the season started a week ago, but you know it's a long season. They're going to be playing until April, and then the playoffs start. So I, I think that you know the the little bit that we've seen so far is not enough for us to kind of sway our predictions. Too not much. at all. Not at all. Um, and uh, but before we do that, let's kind of talk about you know some of the the big big teams, the the big players heading into the season and. Where else to start but with the two-time defending champs? Golden State Warriors, three times in the last four years, they've won it all. And a team that already had four All-Stars with Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green signed DeMarcus Cousins in the offseason. Even though he's hurt right now, you know as the season goes on uh, and he gets healthy, the Warriors are going to be a nearly unstoppable team. And... I don't know uh, what's going to prevent them from winning three in a row. Yeah, I don't know either. Barring multiple catastrophic injuries, I don't see any reason why they can't win a three-peat. This will be, in my opinion, this will be their easiest path to championship yet. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's very fair. And to me, the bigger story is, is this the last one that they get? Because Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, DeMarcus Cousins, all set to be free agents after the season. And there have been talks that this could be the 1998 Bulls, uh, that the last Michael Jordan championship team, the whole team broke up after the season. And 
there's already been talks that you know Durant is uh, he's gonna get that final ring and then he's gonna bounce somewhere else, whether that's you know, L.A., New York, uh, you know, some other place. Clay Thompson to the Lakers. So uh, I think that'll be an interesting story, and wonder if that's something that could potentially derail them as uh, if guys are starting to look too far ahead. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I still think a championship's pretty likely this year. I would love to see Kevin Durant and LeBron James play basketball together. I would be so on board for that if they were both in L.A. next year. And uh, I don't know how the cap situation works out, but if Klay Thompson wants to join them, I, I, I'm on board for that as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, I just think the Warriors are far and away the best team in the NBA, and that's not a hot take. I'm sure no. everyone no, feels the same way about that. Yep. Um, so uh, I guess a little segue. Let's talk about the Lakers. So while you can fantasize about them adding superstars next year, right now it's LeBron James and uh, some young, talented players like Brandon Ingram, Cal Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and uh, a uh, motley crew of veterans, including <laughs> JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley. And what are your thoughts on the Lakers this year? I am having flashbacks to the Cavs last year. Um, I think they have a better squad, though, like better than last year. But I don't think that this is anything like uh, the Heat situation where LeBron is just a uh, the best part of an amazing team. I think he is by far the best player. And he's going to have to carry some people. But uh, my, my vision for the Lakers is growth this year and then a cha- uh, an attempt at the championship next year uh, with any team that has lebron james on it is a contender a chance to go all the way but i don't think they make it to the finals this year which would be tough i love seeing lebron in the finals i was so young the last time lebron wasn't in the finals <laughs> so yeah, 2010 yeah so it would be strange to not see him there but i uh i i think that they're they're a year away yeah, you know, they're going to be entertaining. Uh, you're going to get a lot of chance to see them on TV. As evidence, LeBron's first game in L.A., uh, he almost had the, the show stolen from him by a big fight between uh, Chris Paul of the Houston Rockets and uh, Brandon Ingram and Rajon Rondo for the Lakers. Uh, all of them were suspended. They're going to be an entertaining team. What you what do you think of that, Corey? Did you oh. did you get a close look at it? I saw I something. Did. Yeah, I, 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 I okay. saw something so on Twitter thing, that looked like Ro, uh, Rondo spit on that. Uh, that's the big Paul. thing is whether or not he spit. And basically, the argument to say that he didn't spit on him was that he had a mouth guard uh-huh. and saying that yeah. But I don't I don't know if that really stopped it. I saw um, spit. I thought I thought I did as well, and I'm I'm really shocked at how little of a suspension those guys got. I think Ingram got four games. Rondo three, Paul two, and uh, you would think with a big fight like that, those guys would be out much longer. But I guess you know, in a, a players' league, the NBA can't afford to have those guys out. I I don't know, um, but it, you know, that's one definitely a, a fun thing for fans to see, especially as the uh, you know the NFL has uh, been growing in ratings and the NBA is trying to to surpass the football. See, I, I totally disagree with uh, suspensions like that. I think if these guys want to fight, let them fight. Put them in the octagon, and whoever <laughs> loses gets all of the suspensions. So, okay. <laughs> And the winners can get back to playing basketball. Get uh, get Dana White involved. Let's have Joe Rogan commentate. That I mean, it's a player's league. We're here to see these guys yeah. do their thing if they want to fight. Otherwise, they shouldn't be going to fists on the court. Um, I, <laughs> honest, in the big in the big scheme of things, I don't think it matters much. I, I think we're no. going to forget about this in a month. But uh, 
it, it in the early days of this se- this young season. Um, it's an interesting headline. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, once once we get over this fight, it'll be interesting to see if we're talking about turmoil with the Lakers with. Uh, you know all of those those guys who a lot of them have historic rivalries with LeBron James. Of course, Lance Stevenson going back to his his original days with the Pacers and blowing in LeBron's ear in the playoffs. Rondo and uh, the the Celtics with their rivalries with LeBron. So I think this season could could be a, a struggle for the Lakers. But um, yeah, next season that's that's their time to shine. Agreed. Now, moving forward, let's talk about the Eastern Conference. And the the three teams that really highlight are the, the top three teams we saw last season, the Boston Celtics. Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward are both healthy. Kyrie said before the season started that he plans on re-signing with the Celtics to a long-term deal after the season. And Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, the, the Celtics have have a lot of talent and there are some people who think they could challenge the Warriors. Now the Raptors, a team that couldn't beat LeBron well, LeBron's gone and they added Kawhi Leonard, who's <laughs> arguably a top five player in the league. And to me, I think that, you know, this, this could be the year where, where Toronto, you know, finally breaks through and proves people wrong by winning the Eastern conference. While and the, we also have the Philadelphia 76ers, we are told to trust the process. We finally saw it produce a, a playoff team last year. And, you know, they, they got some exciting young players there with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. What are your thoughts on uh, these three teams in the East? I think the Celtics are far and above the best team uh, overall. I think Kyrie Irving is obviously an amazing lead man to have on your team. And then they have a lot of depth after that. Uh, who's the coach of the Celtics? Brad Stevens. Brett Stevens, yes. Brett Brad. Stevens, Brad Stevens, yes. The highly esteemed <laughs> Brad Stevens. I promise that he's well known. Just because I don't know his name, it, it doesn't mean anything. He uh, last uh, when I watched all the Celtics games in the playoffs last year, I was amazed with what they were capable of doing without their star players. So uh, I think with his coaching mind and the the talent that they have, I, I don't think anybody can stop them. Uh, the Raptors with Kawhi Leonard, the. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh dude okay at first i felt bad for him because uh everyone was making fun of his laugh and i was like this is why Kawhi leonard never smiles because people make fun of him whenever he shows any joy but it's actually a hilarious laugh um i don't i don't actually don't know how he's been responding to it but that's just a uh like an objectively hilarious clip uh and i always enjoy it when i see it so it's definitely a, a hot meme right now uh but none of that has to do with how good i think the raptors can be um I, they uh, they fired coach of the year last year, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that may open the door to going further in the playoffs. But and, and not having LeBron James definitely changes things. But you said that if they make it to the finals, they'll have proved everybody wrong. That will be me. I will be have been proved wrong if they go to the finals because I still don't believe in them. Even though I really like Kawhi Leonard, I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, the 76ers, I I think are the are really good the process i trust the process um i like ben simmons and joel Embiid, and uh what's his fultz is that the markel fultz markel fultz number 20 i think with those three guys that they've got a lot of talent there we'll see what they can do this year uh but i definitely lean heavily towards the celtics 
Yeah, I think for me, I, I was a little hesitant to like get worked up about the Celtics because I think a lot of the, the thoughts on them heading into the year were hypotheticals. We didn't see Gordon Hayward last year. He got injured in the first quarter of the first game. Kyrie Irving got hurt in March, didn't play in the playoffs. And when the playoffs rolled around, you know, you had the young guys, Rozier, Tatum, Jalen Brown, really step up. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it, I wasn't sure what to, to think. And I guess I'm still not totally sure what to think once you add those veteran pieces in. But they've been off to a good start so far. I know they lost to the Raptors in Toronto, but they beat the Sixers pretty easily the first game of the season, knocked off the Knicks. Um, and I, I, I do think, yeah, the Celtics, to me, are the – the clear favorites in the East. I, I, I do think that the Raptors can be a really good team this year, uh, adding Kawhi Leonard and I'm not ready to totally, you know, write them off, uh, just because of their struggles in past seasons. But I'm still suffering from the, this is their year last year. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's a fair point. And then the Sixers to me, Hey, you know what? They're the third best team at best in the East. Um, I think they're they're gonna have their time, but uh, I'm not I'm not buying into the Sixers quite yet. I think I gotta see a healthy Markel Fultz before that happens. Okay, well, uh, shall we predict our uh, playoff teams then? I I think we should. So I want to start in the West. I want to start, in the, start West. in the West. Yes. Okay. I think, how about we do, you do your one through four. I'll do my one through four and then okay. uh, five through eight from there. All right. Well, you might recognize these uh, because I'm, pr- well, actually, no, no, they're different from last year because okay. of one big difference. Um, so I've got the Warriors number one, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then I've got the Rockets at number two, uh, which, and I'm putting them there despite Carmelo Anthony. I think Carmelo <laughs> Anthony what I'm hoping is that Mar- uh, Carmelo Anthony learns from his experience in Oklahoma City uh, and, pl- is, and is a little bit more of a team player with the Rockets because he's still definitely – I mean, you, you tell me. Is he any better – he's definitely not any better than the third option in that offense, right? Oh, no. No, and that's even that's a stretch. Right. So – but I, I he, uh, when he was playing for the Thunder, he definitely saw himself as like the second or maybe the first option, uh, and that was to the Thunder's detriment. Um, so, and then number three, I got the Lakers. Uh, Braun, Braun, I think that he has a big impact still. Uh, and then number four is my Thunder. Okay. So, um, I'll start with my one through four. One, yes, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I. I think that the Warriors are winning at least 60 games this year after winning 58 last year, and I don't think another team in the West is going to win 60. Number two is actually a team that you don't have in your top four, and that's the Utah Jazz. Ooh. I think, yeah, Donovan Mitchell uh, had a fantastic season last year as a rookie. I think if he gets better, Rudy Gobert stays healthy, which last season uh, he missed, I think, 20 games and still won defensive play of the year. He's a monster. Uh, I don't. I don't think Utah has the slow start that they had last season. They won 48 games after being 10 games below 500 just before the All-Star break. I think the Jazz, uh, it, it, it's definitely a bit of a bold prediction, but I'm putting the Jazz number two. Okay. Number three, I have your Thunder. Uh, I think that Paul George coming back, uh, give him another year with Russell Westbrook. Uh, I'm very interested to see what they do. And, you know, of course, you remove Carmelo Anthony. To me, that's addition by subtraction. Oh, yes. And 
Number four, I have the Rockets falling there because Anthony is subtraction by addition. <laughs> uh, I think on the you know, in their own, they definitely got a little bit worse this season. I don't think they come close to 65 wins. Um, and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they do sign up as a two seed in the West, but I don't think that the Rockets are going to be quite as good, uh, even with James Harden. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, he's going to be hurt at some point this season. <laughs> so, so to me, I got I got Houston number four. It's disappointing, I for me that now, now that I'm old enough to finally actually get not old enough, but you know now that I have gotten into basketball, uh, the entire time that I've really been into it, Carmelo Anthony has been this like overconfident <laughs> but like not as talented player when he's a legend. Like I, I hear yeah. tale of how good he used to be, uh, but he's not. He's definitely not that. Not as good anymore. Uh, but continuing down at number five, I have the Utah Jazz. And I agree with you. There, there's so much talent there. They've got, uh, like, the way that the Thunder just got victimized by Ricky Rubio in the playoffs last year, uh, I just, I, I think they've got enough talent to really contend. And obviously, Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and then the Spider Man himself, Donovan Mitchell. So, I uh, I like the Jazz. Number six, I have the Spurs uh, because Popovich. That's my main reason, uh, but also because of what's his name from the Raptors, uh, Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan, yeah. Um, and at seven, I've got this one. I think is my spicy uh, pick because I I don't know about this because there's drama, but I got the Timberwolves. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, okay. I think that they can put it together. At least like. I would actually love to get your insight on the Jimmy Butler situation because I don't, I, I'm not familiar with this kind of situation where a player is like, trade me in the NBA. Uh, so I don't know what his chances are. I, I'm assuming he's still on the team if they're in yes. the playoffs. Yeah. And then at eight, I've got uh, the Portland Trail Blazers with uh, Lillard uh, leading the way. I, I actually bought a pair of Lillard fours this offseason as I've been working on my jumper. So uh, nice. I had to get adequate footwear. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my number five, I have the New Orleans Pelicans, a team you don't have making the playoffs. They're, they're my snub. They're my number nine. They yeah, Anthony close. Davis, to me, he is, you know, he could win the MVP this season. I don't have him win the MVP. We'll get to that one later. Uh, I think after DeMarcus Cousins got hurt, the Pelicans were a better team. Added Nikola Mirotic last season, really helped them get back on track and become a playoff team last year. Julius Randle has been a great addition. They still have Drew Holiday and uh, add in Alfred Payton in the backcourt. He's had a pretty solid start to his season. Uh, I don't know if he's going to put up the same kind of playoff numbers that Rajon Rondo has had, but I think he's a serviceable point guard. And to me, I, I think Anthony Davis is enough to get New Orleans here at the five. Six, I have the Lakers. LeBron is going to be good enough to get them to the playoffs, but I do think that there's going to be some drama with that team. They could have a pretty decent losing streak. There's going to be questions, and unlike last season, if it, like what happened with the Cavs, it's going to be much tougher to uh, still end up in a, a top-four position when that does happen. Seven, I have the Denver Nuggets. I think the Nuggets were really good last season very easily could have been a playoff team if they had beaten Minnesota the last game of the season they would have gone in I think this year is the year that they finally get back and at number eight I have the Trailblazers as well Damian Lillard Cedric McCollum uh, I think they're going to be good enough to get back into the postseason yeah as, and as they that, 
Oh, well, okay. Sorry, I was gonna cut yes. uh, cut you off there. Sure. Um, well, before before it, we head over to the east, I do want to follow up on that Timberwolves question. Yes, and, and what I was actually opinion... gonna say that means I don't have the Timberwolves in the playoffs, and I don't have the Spurs. Uh, I have the Spurs losing or playoff streak snapping. Ooh. But for me, with the Timberwolves, I do think Jimmy Butler is gonna be traded. I think there's a lot of drama with that locker room. Uh, I think there's some kind of fracture involving Butler and Carl Anthony Towns, and that's basically what's going on there. Where do you think he'll go? So uh, I'm actually going to hold that off for my predictions because that kind of plays into them. Okay. The east. okay. I think he's going east. I'll say that. All right. Well, so. then why not head to the east then? Do you want me to go first again? Yeah. Yeah, you got this. Okay. Number one, I've got the Celtics. I think that's obvious enough. Uh, number two, I actually have the 76ers. And at uh, three, I've got the Raptors. So we've already kind of talked about those teams. And number four, I think the Greek freak takes the uh, takes the Bucks to the number four seed. All right, we got the same top four, different order: one Boston, two Toronto, as I hinted at earlier. Three, I had the Bucks. I had them ahead of the Sixers because I think the Greek freak, Mike Budenholzer, uh, you know, he's gonna really turn that Bucks team into the the super uh, you know talented Eastern Conference team that they should be, and I think. Giannis Antetokounmpo wins league MVP. Uh, Bucks end up as a three, Sixers a four. So hold on. Um, who else? Who's his supporting cast? Who are some names we should look out for that may rise to prominence if the Bucks are now suddenly a contender? Chris Middleton. Um, I think he's certainly one that has to be you know their their number two option. Their point guard Eric Bledsoe is a guy you got to throw up there. Um, they have a ton of big men on that team, and. They did lose Jabari Parker in the offseason, but I do think that that was a, a welcome welcoming loss for them. Uh, I think if Thon Maker can can really like be the the star, not necessarily star, but like the the prolific starter uh, that the Bucks were hoping he would be when he was drafted, he could be a, a defensive stud for them. So, yeah, I think the Bucks have a lot of good pieces there. I'm excited, yeah. I th- oh, and of course, Ma- Malcolm Brogdon, former Rookie of the Year. I uh, I'm a big fan of the Greek Freak, and I uh, want to see him play lots of postseason basketball. So we'll uh, look forward to that. Um, going on down at number five, I have. Okay, hold on. Before we get to this, before I start saying them, yeah. <laughs> I wrote down my top four, and then I was like, "Who else is in the East?" <laughs> because I think the talent drops off considerably, but yep. that's also my opinion i don't really know the east that well um so at five i've got the wizards i think um john wall or juan pared as they call him in mexico uh can lead the wizards to uh, the number five seed i guess why not um at six i've got uh victor oladipo's pacers uh making the postseason and uh at seven, I've got Trey Young and the Hawks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Only because of Trey Young. Yeah. I saw some highlights of him on Instagram earlier today. And he I was like 35 and 11 last night against wh- the Cavs. Yeah, why not? You know, and uh, and then at the eight, the Bulls. I have no idea. <laughs> like maybe the Hornets. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. The Hornets so, have that guy from uh, the Spurs now, Tony Parker. Um, yeah. And I remember when I was in, just after I graduated high school, Tony Parker was playing some decent finals basketball. So maybe yep. he can do a throwback Thursday and get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, yeah. these are, I, I mean, I'm not confident in these picks at all. Okay. So five, I have the Miami Heat. I think that they're going to get Butler. 
Um, yeah, he was almost traded <gasps> there. Oh, I would like that with G yeah. Wade. Yep, with uh, in his his final season, I think the Heat again back to the playoffs. Second, weren't they together for the Bulls? No, wait. Where was D oh, Wade? Oh, you're right. Dwayne what? Wade and Jimmy Butler were together on the Bulls. And yeah, that did not work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, six, I have the Pacers. Oladipo, he really burst on the scene last year. Seven, I have the Wizards. Uh, I there's just a lot of problems with uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal in recent years, and I don't think adding Dwight Howard helps that. Uh, and the number eight, I have the Detroit Pistons. I think hiring Dwayne Casey, coach of the year with Toronto. Uh, I really think that uh, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, that's that could be a, a force to be reckoned with down low. And to me, I, I don't really know. Like I, I think if any of those bad teams are getting in, the Hawks and Trey Young could be one of them. I think the Bulls are a year away. Uh, the Cavs, I do think, are going to be a playoff contender, but they're 0-3 this season to start out. And um, I'm starting to wonder if they're going to be like the, the last time LeBron left. Well, um, they've got that that uh, the guy they drafted, right? What's yeah, his name? Colin Sexton. But yeah, he he's definitely a little more of a project than Trey Young is. Okay. So, yeah, um, conference finals. Who you got? So and I guess NBA finals as well. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's kind of a toss up, right? Because you would think you'd put the teams in the order that you think they're going to be the best. But I don't know. I feel like LeBron just comes alive in the postseason. I think in the West, it's going to be Warriors. Lakers, um, that's just LeBron bias. That's just looking at history and saying, sure. why not? Um, do you want me to do my East? Yeah, and yeah then, just wrap it up. And then the East, I've got Celtics Raptors. Okay. So you have one three in both. That is correct. Okay. I have, yeah, Golden State, Oklahoma City in the West. That's one three, but I, and also Boston, Toronto, but I do have the Raptors as a two seed. I, I would love to see the Thunder go deep in the postseason. <laughs> that was actually. Uh, I don't know, is the owner, the general manager. I'm on the emailing list for the Thunder because I live here yeah. and I'm a big fan. And they sent us like an email apology for not winning a series in the postseason, wow. basically. not It wasn't actually an apology, but they were like, we hold ourselves to a higher standard than this. Oklahoma City Thunder basketball is like a premier team in the league. like And uh, they talked about their history of making it deep in the postseason in the past. So um, I'm hoping maybe we can step it up, especially because uh, Paul George is still here. And because we have great fishing here in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma, <laughs> so that's why. Yeah. No, I definitely believe in the Thunder this year. Finals, are we both saying Warriors over the Celtics? Like yep. Like every other person in the country? Okay. Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. And uh, Celtics can win it all next year when the Warriors break up. So, <laughs> all right. Um, now let's move on, and we'll talk about the World Series. And we get a bit of a rivalry on the Ben and Corey podcast with my Red Sox taking on Ben's Yazio Puig. Yes, and I'm glad you said that because I'm not a Dodgers fan. <laughs> I'm a Puig fan. And yeah. uh, he had some big-time plays in the NCLS to send the Dodgers. NLCS. That's what I said. And <laughs> <laughs> I watched some of it, highlights on Instagram. Um but no, I'm really excited about this. Uh, looking, I, I I get I'm really late to the game on baseball. Like I started paying attention when it was uh, Brewers Dodgers versus uh, or and um, Red Sox Astros. Like uh, that's when I started actually being like, who's winning the series right now? Um, and I was really hoping to see uh, the Dodgers win because obviously I like Yasiel Puig. I think that's been established on this podcast. Um, but also I want to see the Red Sox. 
go uh, to win it all because of the Gamecocks. Yeah, they got they got a bunch of them. Jackie Bradley Jr., ALCS MVP. Steve Pierce, um, he's a platoon player at first base. Doesn't start every day, but he was a great midseason addition for them. Uh, and I, I think it's a great reason to root for the Red Sox. Yeah, so at this uh, point, I can't lose because Yasiel Puig is by far my favorite MLB player, but the Gamecocks are by far my favorite college baseball team. Yes. So I uh, I really can't lose. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Um, for me, I think unpopular opinion, I was rooting for the Dodgers to win the NLCS because I was rooting against the Brewers. Pirates are my, my you know, Red Sox and Pirates are 1A and 1B for me. Pirates and Brewers, both in the NL Central. Um, I've come to dislike Milwaukee over the years because even when the Pirates were better than them, the Brewers would still find a way to beat them. And then this season was a bit of a reversal with the Pirates having the Brewers number for a lot of the season. Um, but yeah, I think Red Sox Dodgers is an exciting World Series. You got Boston, LA, two of the the major markets in uh, the the country. You got the East Coast, West Coast. I, I do think this this could be uh, really good for Major League Baseball, trying to to attract uh, younger viewers and younger fans because you got two teams that everyone knows about, and you know that they're talented. Game one uh, starting tomorrow night. I. I actually don't know the matchup, but I'm assuming it's Chris Sale versus Clayton Kershaw. Uh, and you got there. You're talking about two guys that are two of the best pitchers in baseball. David Price, he proved me wrong. Uh, I was not. I, my biggest reason for picking the Astros in the American League was because of the starting rotation and thinking Sale Sale could have his injury concerns. Price just not good in the playoffs, but he he finally put it together. Uh, got his first ever postseason win in 12 tries in game five of the ALCS to close out the Astros uh and I I I do think that the the Red Sox and I I can't believe that I I didn't pick him to win in the regular season I didn't pick him to win heading into the playoffs but I I gotta pick him even though I picked the Dodgers to win the World Series before the playoffs started so yeah I'm not sure who to pick I um I honestly you know what the Dodgers have my favorite Yasiel Puig, but the Dodge, uh, but the Red Sox have two Gamecocks, so two is larger than one. I think I'm gonna go with the Red Sox to win the World hey, Series here. All right, but um, one just a fun fact: Oklahoma City has its own minor league team, the Oklahoma City Dodgers, and uh, obviously they're the farm team for the LA Dodgers. And Yasiel Puig has actually played at the uh, in, in Bricktown, which is the where the stadium is, and. Uh, He's he's hit four home runs in that stadium, so wow. I might have to go to the team store and pick up a Puig jersey, uh, OKC Dodgers Puig jersey. <laughs> yeah. I guess another fun fact: um, way back in the day, the Dodgers minor league, um, I believe their Double A team was located in Nashua. The Nashua Dodgers, nineteen forty six to nineteen forty nine, and uh, if you're thinking back on the time frame, the reason why the Dodgers had their farm team located in Nashville, New Hampshire was because owner Branch Rickey thought all the French Canadian population would be uh, very accepting of some players on the Dodgers and uh, you know most notably Jackie Robinson and those teams were really good they had a lot of future Hall of Famers and uh, unfortunately they, they couldn't financially keep them in Nashville very long but there is a nice uh mural uh on uh one of the buildings in downtown nashua with uh roy campanella and i believe don newcomb on it so 
that, that the my my hometown also has uh their their Dodgers minor league affiliation, although way before I lived there. Nice. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with Boston in six. I think October 30th could be a big day for me with uh, Patrick Peterson getting traded to the Steelers and then Le'Veon Bell returning and ultimately the Red Sox winning the World Series. So that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> wow. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, so with that, let's move on. And uh, it's a week before Halloween. So this, this weekend coming up, the last weekend of October, it's going to be a big time for Halloween parties. And uh, we figure, what what would be a fun Halloween-themed top five? Well, let's talk about our favorite costumes that we have ever worn. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. Yes, and uh, I guess I'll get us started with, our num- with my number five. Uh, and my number five, so just something to note before I get started here. I think we all know that in college, you usually celebrate Halloween two or three times yes. each uh-huh. year uh, on different nights on the weekend. So uh, keep that in mind. Some of my years overlap here. Uh, my number five, I wore this costume in 2015 and 2016, is the classic hot dog with mustard. And this this one was a delicious treat I wore. Uh, it's, it's so easy to have a good time when you can just suck your arms in and just become one giant, like, weenie and a bun and uh, i actually got a hilarious photo on my instagram where i got uh, my friend justin aka cooch boy (laughs) to hold me and i sucked my arms in and became a human hot dog um it's such an easy costume it's one piece and everybody recognizes it and zero people ask me what are you so my number five was the hot dog with mustard. Nice, nice. Uh, my that that is a great costume. I'll kind of, kind of talk about that in a bit. My number five, Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, it's either ninety eight or ninety nine. I don't know if I was three or four, but uh, when I was little, I loved Thomas. Uh, it's such a, such a classic like kids kids toy. They had books, TV shows, and uh, I think that was a very very appropriate costume for four year old me. So shout out to my parents for uh, getting me that one. Yeah, shout outs. Uh, that was, I think, around the time Thomas the Tank Engine and the Magic Railroad dropped. And that movie was yeah. like flames. Yes. <laughs> I remember going to the, seeing that one in the theater. That was that was awesome. So, uh, yeah, moving forward, my number four. Uh, this one is, this one's also pretty general. It's before college. Uh, but this is pretty much like 2006 to 2008. Um, I was an army man. So both of my parents are veterans. So by them not needing them anymore we had a lot of bdus hanging around battle dress uniforms so and just army stuff canteens vests you know boots everything you needed so every year i would just get together all the stuff i needed put it on and i was an army man so i i uh i'm I'm, i very much support the troops and uh as a little kid you know i wanted to emulate them put on the helmet get my boots get my bdu and a belt because there's no way it was going to fit me when i was that little and uh go out there and get some candy army man is always a classic costume that's one where you can you can throw it on a little kid or you could throw it on a a party in college student that everyone's going to appreciate it that's right. Uh, my number four, the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, <laughs> so that was 2015, and uh, I got a pic on my Instagram of me dressed as Bruce and you dressed as the hot dog. Um, Is it as a classic yes. one? That was a great costume. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a that was a fun year. 
Um, so yeah, Bruce Springsteen, I had a, a rock band guitar, wore a vest, uh, American flag bandana, even got a little goatee, which I did not grow myself. I had to buy that at the store. Um, <laughs> but I, I had this uh, one moment later in our, our Halloween party where someone threw on Born in the USA and I was able to rock out and have my, my shining moment. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a very, very fun costume for me. I told I still tell people I've seen Springsteen live <laughs> after that party. Uh, so, moving on, my number three. This is a throwback back to 2004. Uh, this was actually for the Boy Scout Halloween party. I dressed as uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, nice. which, which was a pretty simple costume, right? It was a, it was a one we bought at the store. It's just a one piece SpongeBob, but I made it my own by bringing my. If it is a very dank SpongeBob reference here, I had my own Squidward action figure, <laughs> which is from the episode where I think it's Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy one. It might be Bern- the the second one, but it's with the one with the uh, the shrink ray. That yep. shrinks everybody, and uh, they shrink Squidward, and Patrick thinks it's a squ- – he goes, oh, cool, a Squidward action <laughs> figure. And uh, and I was carrying that around. <laughs> it was just a little stuffed Squidward. Uh, but when I, a normal-sized SpongeBob, held him, he was obviously a Squidward action figure. Yeah, that wasn't a terrible Patrick Sarr. Uh, oh, thank you. Know. you. <laughs> so, the, the SpongeBob, you know, been, what, fourth grade? That was, that was definitely a, a – the, the peak time of us being uh, obsessed with Spongebob as kids. so The height of his yes, relevance. Yeah, right, yes. right before, right around when the movie came out. So good, good times. Oh, yes. uh, my number three, I want to say it was 2007. It was, it was somewhere in the, uh, the end of elementary school, beginning of middle school range for me. And that is Ghostface, but not just any Ghostface, a Ghostface that had fake blood in the mask that you could squeeze and it made it even more terrifying now ghostface is the villain uh from scream so there's a bloody scream mask on my face and i just think that that's in terms of a scary like costume that i've worn i think i've had some some bad ones over the years but i think that that was a fun one i always enjoyed uh you know getting to kind of creep people out by having blood swirling around on my mask does that wait so that the, his name is Ghostface. It's not Scream. No, it is Ghostface. Yes. Yeah. I actually, originally wrote it down as Scream, and I was like, "Wait, that's not the the actual character's name." Yeah. Wow. I'm just learning that now. I always <laughs> thought that guy's because I, I I guess it's just the name of the movie, yeah. but I always called that guy yeah. Scream. We've all seen. I think everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. Yep. It's a very iconic Halloween. Yes, it's a very mask. iconic like, you know, kid Halloween mask as well. Yes. So. Um. Okay. So moving forward, my number two, uh, is. It's kind of generic, but it comes with a story. So uh, if you have generic Halloween costumes, no one ever has to tell you, ask you what you are, (laughs) right? Um, That's at least the goal. But for in 2016, I was a spaceman. Okay, I just had a a orange jumpsuit that has it says NASA on it, has zippers and stuff. It's and it's you know it's an astronaut suit. It has an American flag on the shoulder and everything. Uh, so I was headed to a Halloween party at my good friend Jacob's place. A shout out at Jay Reeves. And w- on the way there, we stopped at Cookout because 
cookout's amazing and i still live in south carolina i had access to cookout and uh i was there with my friend nick who was dressed as ash ketchum and i was there with my brother and his friend dan and they were dressed up as scooby-doo and shaggy so we're sitting there enjoying our food and we're in our costumes at the cookout and this group of dudes came up to us and they were all hype because we were obviously wearing costumes so they came up to nick and they're like oh this guy's ash ketchum dude that's dope and they're like dapping him up and they're like oh look at scooby and shaggy what's up you know dapping him up and they're like and who are you and i was like i was like um i'm a spaceman and they're like oh he's a spaceman all right <laughs> and they gave me depth too so i uh, i felt included so it kind of backfired the whole point is to not have people ask me what i yeah. am but felt like it was pretty obvious yeah. really easy costume there um but yeah that was my number two <laughs> just generic spaceman yeah and you you wore that to the uh oklahoma football game last year right that's true yeah last year i think that's that was was that halloween night i think it was um I wore that, and I actually let my the same Jacob borrow my hot dog costume. And we desperately needed him because it was cold. <laughs> yeah. It was cold on Halloween last year in Oklahoma. Yeah. That, that's fun. Um, I definitely do remember that, that generic spaceman suit. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my number two, this was 2014, and I went as a pimp. Uh, so the, oh, yeah, yes. the, the summer before when I had my first internship, um, I would listen to Pandora at work because, you know, that was when Pandora was still pretty popular. And one of the radio stations that I listened to was 2000s Hip Hop. And I discovered the song P.I.M.P. by 50 Cent, and I loved it. It became one of my, my <laughs> like, go-to songs. Um, and because of that, I was like, oh, I could definitely pull off a pimp suit. So I went to Party City. And I spent more money than I'd like to admit on a pimp suit. And uh, it was a fantastic costume. It uh, actually circulated a lot um, over the years since then. Uh, It was actually multiple times used as a punishment, which personally, I don't know why wearing a pimp suit is something you should be embarrassed by. Um, uh, There are people who lost bets and had to wear it. um, (laughs) Relay for life. Uh, We, um, you know, in our fraternity's effort to raise money said that we were going to make certain uh, members of our exec board wear them if we reached certain goals and we shattered even the highest one so we all had to wear it for a day so um, I was actually <laughs> yeah going to class or in a pimp suit and the uh, our, our professors uh, didn't know what to say about it so they just kind of ignored it um, I think of it less as a punishment for the person wearing it and more of a reward for yes, everyone else exactly Uh, And I guess, uh, you know, if you are listening to this and I'm going to see you next weekend um, back in Columbia, South Carolina, it is homecoming and Halloween weekend. uh, And I will be wearing the pimp suit once again, mostly because I don't know what you (laughs) heard about me. Yeah, mostly because, um, (laughs) you know, when you when you've worn some like great costumes like that, it's tough to beat them. And uh, it's it's tough to to try to think of a really good one every year. So I'm just like, hey, I, I spent a lot of money on that. It, I can get two Halloweens out of it. Oh, yes. I can relate with that idea. But also, Corey, <laughs> yep. especially with the pimp costume, I think you're wearing a costume every other day of the year. And when, you're, when you've got the <laughs> yeah. pimp costume on, on on Halloween, that's when you're just being yes. yourself. Uh, and I, and I, <laughs> but anyways, speaking of getting your money's worth, my number one is my ever-famous generic ninja costume. So freshman year of college, didn't bring a Halloween costume with me from home. 
Uh, and Halloween was fast approaching, and I had to be ready to have something to wear to all the parties and stuff. So I went to – I regrettably went to, uh, I think, Party City, one of those Halloween stores. I – as a rule, I generally try to avoid those because I think there's a lot of good costumes you can make yourself or you at least can buy – if you're going to buy it, you don't have to buy the whole costume in one thing. You can kind of assemble it. But I went to Party City, had to get something quick, and I spent $20 on a generic ninja costume. And I said, $20 is way too much for this. I'm going to get my money's worth. So every year, I wore my ninja costume at least once. There's photo evidence, <laughs> document – of me as the same ninja every year of college. And I think that that was probably the one I was known best for. So for me, it has to be my number one, my uh, generic <laughs> ninja costume that I still have. Might pull it out this year. I, I don't see why not. Hey, honestly, like, uh, so as a, when when I write up the, the top five notes, I always leave Ben's spot blank so he can write them in. But I went ahead and filled in five ninjas with five different years next to them. For <laughs> uh, knowing that that's a, a costume he wears very often. I got my money's worth. I got my money's worth big yeah. time. And uh, my number one, look, if you've, if you've uh, known me for Halloween over the past few years, then uh, this is no surprise. 2016 in college, 2017 at the office on Halloween, I was Guy Fieri. And that was a last minute costume a few days before the, the Halloween party senior year of college. You know, I, I was a pimp sophomore year, Bruce Springsteen junior year. I wanted to do something big and someone actually jokingly suggested Guy Fieri to me. And I was like, that is amazing. Um, so I, I went, I, I spiked my hair up to try to get that uh, frosted tip look that he has. Uh, I got a nice black bowling shirt at Goodwill. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a flame shirt there or Walmart. I got those uh, nice nice cheap dollar uh, weird-looking sunglasses he always wears. Uh, I use uh, the fabric from Walmart as the beard because I can't, couldn't grow one myself. And I think the nice little touch I use, uh, you know, those little reinforcements, um, I got gold ones to be the, the earrings that he wears. So uh, to me, that, that's a, a costume that people still make Guy Fieri references to me all the time. Uh, and I'm sure it's only you know, a matter of time these years before I find another use to, to be Guy Fieri on Halloween again. Corey, your Guy Fieri costume was gangster. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I think I had a lot of people tell me the first time I wear it that it was the best po- costume at the party. Yeah, I you got my vote. So, all right. Um, so that is it for this episode of the Ben and Corey podcast. Uh, next time we come to you, hopefully the Red Sox will be World Series champions. The Steelers will be back on track. And uh, I guess the Thunder will be looking like a a playoff team for sure because i don't see that happening with the 49ers at this point i need one of my teams to do good hopefully it's the thunder yeah um so do you have anything to to finish us off with today i'm just gonna plug my own podcast look in if you like movie reviews check out affable chats the weekly uh review podcast i do just Google Affable Chat. Look it up on anywhere you get your podcast. Yeah, so you do have a new one coming out um, probably by the time that this episode is released. But the one before that, you did Shrek 2, uh, which to yes. me, I think Shrek 2 is better than the original Shrek. Uh, that's a debate for another time. But That's a debate that happens yes. on that yes, podcast. A, so if you're interested in that, 
check it out. We're, we're about to release our Phantom of the Opera episode. Um, but also, thank you for listening to this podcast. Yes. We also work hard yep. on this Thank one. you, as always. You know, Don't forget to, to like, subscribe, review, rate, whatever you got to do to spread the word. So, all right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.